are in week number six in our One Another series. We're going to be focusing, we have been, and we'll continue the 59 One Another statements in the New Testament. Uh, today we arrive at the one that I personally think is the hardest one to actually do. Okay, this is the one that for me, I have the most struggle and I find the most reasons, the most excuses not to practice and live this one out. Today we're going to look at the challenge, and it's more than that, it's a command to forgive one another, to forgive one another. Uh, before we dig into God's Word to see why and how to forgive, uh, I, I'd like to give you some uh, common objections, some excuses why we choose not to forgive. Uh, first, uh, objection is, I'll forgive the person who harmed me when they get on their knees and with tears in their eyes tell me how deeply sorry they are and they'll never do it again and they'll spend the rest of their life trying to make up for the pain that they've caused me. Once they do it that way, then I'll consider forgiving. Response to that objection. So in the meantime... While I wait for them to come and grovel, I'm going to allow poison to continue to build up the, the bitterness and the bile of unforgiveness. Second objection to forgiving. There are some harms, there are some hurts, some abuse that's just too big, too great to forgive. Matter of fact, what was done to me is frankly just unforgivable response. The bigger the hurt, the more damage it's done to me, the longer I'm likely to hold on to the, the shreds of broken glass in my hands. And I'm just going to keep squeezing it. And, and I know it's awful, but I'm going to just keep doing more and more harm to myself uh, because it's just too big to forgive. Third objection to forgiving I'm waiting for the right time to forgive. It's just too early. Uh, maybe in a few months, maybe in a few years, then I'll forgive, but right now, it's just too fresh. Response. <laughs> Why should we surrender our future joy, my future peace for the next few months or years? Why should I surrender all that to the person who harmed me and likely doesn't know that they've harmed me? And there's a good chance doesn't even care. Fourth objection uh, to forgiving. Uh, I'm not willing to forgive because I'm pretty sure the person who caused me harm will do it again. I'm pretty sure uh, that if I go back around them, that they'll harm and crush and wound me again. Response. It only takes one person to forgive. Reconciliation, coming back together with that person, requires two people. And there might be a lot of boundaries, and there might be a lot of strings attached before reconciliation occurs. Locate with me in your Bible, on the Bible app on your form, uh, on your phone, not the form. <laughs> if you're watching online, uh, if you're on the online platform, there is a button that you can press, 
It's the Bible tab, and that takes you to the YouVersion app, and you can turn right there with us to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to look as we begin at verses 29 to 31. If you're able, would you stand with me? Let's read out loud together. Ephesians 4. Uh, here's what God's book tells us. You ready? Here we go. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I think they're supposed to be forgive one another as Christ forgave you. So say it with me. Just pretend it's up there. Forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. One more time. Forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. Okay, that was maybe better. Let's pray. Lord, we need your help today because I believe the hardest thing you've asked us to do as your children is to forgive one another. It goes against the grain. It feels like that person deserves our anger and our rage and our bitterness and even sometimes our hatred. Lord, we want to live according to your word. We recognize, Lord, when we line up our lives with your book, it works. And your blessing and your favor always accompanies us living according to your owner's manual. So would you help us today to do just that? First of all, help us to to understand why we should forgive. And Lord, I know there's some people here today in your church, there's some watching online right now, and the truth is they've been wounded and harmed deeply, perhaps repeatedly, and Lord, we're just holding on to that broken glass real tight. Would you show us why we should consider taking that step toward forgiveness? Would you show us why, Lord, we should begin the journey to do it your way? And, and then, Lord, we're going to ask that you'll help us to understand how we can do that. Would you show us clearly and practically from your book how forgiveness can take place in our lives? We invite your Holy Spirit to come and take charge today in your church. He says, your church, and we belong to you, Lord, so you come and take charge corporately, take charge individually. Lord, we're listening. We're ready to understand what forgiveness is all about. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. My first goal today <laughs> is to convince you that forgiving someone who's harmed you is more than just a nice, good, moral, spiritual thing to do, okay? Those might be true, but I, I, my goal is to wake us up to the fact that forgiving is essential, that forgiving one another is vital if we're going to live a victorious, joy-filled, make-a-difference life. 
Now, if you're not interested in living a joyous, victorious, make-a-difference life, if you just want to live a, a lukewarm, just barely get by, full of worry and anxiety and stress and bitterness life, then don't pay attention. <laughs> but if you really are interested in having that, that victorious, joy-filled, uh, power-inspired life, then forgiving is absolutely vital and necessary. So I want to move pretty quick because I want to save enough time for the practical here. So uh, I would encourage you to take a note, uh, and uh, we'll get to how on earth can we forgive. But the first uh, uh, objection that I want to overcome is why. Why on earth should we forgive? First reason, we devote ourselves to forgive and becoming a forgiving specialist is because if we don't forgive others, it says clearly, and this is hard, the Father won't forgive us our sins. We talk about that. It's in Matthew chapter 6. You can go there. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Here's what Jesus says, Sermon on the Mount. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's tough verses. Okay? So, so if... If you forgive, then the father, it's a family. He's talking to family here, father, son, daughter, got it? He's talking in the family. If we forgive others, then he forgives us. And if we choose not to forgive, not good. The relationship suffers. I gave you this illustration about a month ago. I'm going to use it again, okay? Okay, assume that I'm a high school teacher. Let's say it's uh, economics class, okay? And, and I'm teaching, but this one year in my classroom is my biological son, okay? So my son is in my class, and I'm teaching, and he's doing amazing, and he's getting A's on all the tests, and he does the final, and then I discover that all year long, he's been cheating. He's been looking at my teacher's uh, answer book, and, and he's, he's got in there, and the reason he got an A is because he was cheating. So he, here's my question. He's caught. Will he still be my son now that he's been caught cheating? Tell me the answer. Will he still be my son? Yeah. Second question, is there going to be problems in the family because of this situation? You can answer that. It's exactly what Jesus is talking about here. You're, you're part of the family. The father now is saying the relationship is troubled. The relationship is strained. Why? When we withhold forgiveness and nurse a grudge, allow anger and bitterness and, and unforgiveness to build up, what we're choosing to do is live in disobedience to Christ's command. You understand? We're choosing to say, yeah, I, I know that I should forgive, but I'm not going to do it your way, Lord, because I don't feel like it or, or I don't want to, um, whatever the excuse is. Here's what you need to know. When we choose not to forgive one another, we build a wall between us and the Father. 
we build a bridge, uh, a wall that only can be bridged and torn down through forgiveness. Relationships damaged until I choose to repent. Until we choose to own up, I should forgive, I, I do the U-turn, I confess it as sin, I choose to obey and forgive. Now the relationship is restored. Suddenly now we're in right relationship and now sin and all sorts of things in our lives are back in right relationship with the Father. Okay? Second reason we must get real good at forgiving is because if our lives are full of unresolved anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, you ready? We pass it on to our children and our grandchildren. We just sang that last song was amazing, by the way, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, but the truth is, uh, you're either going to pass good stuff down to your children, or you're going to pass down real ugly stuff to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Uh, let me read from Exodus 20, verses 5 and 6. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation, showing love, and that's what they were singing about, to a thousand generations of those who love, thousand generations of those who love me, keep my commands. Here's my point. Why should we forgive? Because if we model unforgiveness to our children, they're going to pass it on to our grandchildren, and they'll pass it on to our great-grandchildren and even to our great-great-grandchildren. That's why. And those of you who are moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, that matters. It really does. Oh, yeah, I get it now. But if you model forgiveness, do you see what the promise is? Uh, forgiveness will get passed on for a thousand generations to their children and their children and their children. It's pretty powerful stuff. So, second reason why uh, we should get really good and become expert forgivers is because I don't want my children to pass unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, hatred on to my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and my great-great-grandchildren. Third reason why learning to forgive is essential is I don't want to surrender my future, my joy, my happiness to the person who wronged me. And you don't either. Think about it. Really? You're going to allow them to dry up all of your joy and happiness until you're willing to forgive and make things right? Do you understand? So now I'm going to be miserable and I'm going to have resentment and all sorts of ugly stuff stored up. I'm going to allow that to dry up all the good stuff in my life. I'm going to really let them do that to me and those people around me. Ephesians 4, 30 and verse 31, we just stood and read it. It said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger. Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Fourth reason why we need to make forgiveness a priority is because Jesus followers, the church family, we're at our best, we shine brightest when we forgive. You know that? We stand out. It's a powerful testimony 
to everybody around us, when we let people off of the hook, we, we choose not to take revenge. When we don't talk about it anymore, when we choose to let it go. Hebrews 12 and verse, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 7, Stephen is stoned to death, okay? Remember Stephen? And, and he's standing up for Christ, and they're throwing bricks at his head, and now he's slowly about to die. Stephen says, Acts 7, 69, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. L Lord, Lord, please forgive them. And there's this guy holding everybody's coats. Anybody remember his name? Saul. And over time, Saul becomes, what's his name later? Paul. And Paul says, standing there watching this guy, Stephen, die with forgiveness on his heart and his lips was powerful. It shook me to the core. Forgiveness changes lives. It really does. Fifth reason why it's essential we get really good at forgiving is because angry, bitter, unforgiving people are lonely people. You want to have people run away from you and not want to be around you? Then, then nurse a good grudge. Have lots of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness uh, stored up in your life. People will say, hey, no thanks. Hebrews 12 verse 15 explains it. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Make sure you don't allow some root of bitterness to get in your life and infest you because bitterness grows and like a dog that bites. You ever been around a dog that bites and you get bit, George? Um, what are you going to do when you're around that dog again? You're going to give it some space, right? You're going to try to stay away from a dog that bites. People that are bitter and angry and resentful and unforgiving, guess what? People will back away, <laughs> back away slowly, maybe not so slowly. No thanks, I, I don't think I want to be near that dog that bites. Uh, bitter, wounded, angry, unforgiving people are lonely people. Sixth reason why we need to wake up to the power of forgiving is because forgiveness is the only solution, the only remedy for sad, lonely, painful people and the unforgiveness that's come my way. Matthew 18. In anger, conclusion of a great story, the king, the master, handed the guy who wouldn't forgive over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from the heart. Unforgiveness is literally living in torture. I'm choosing to live in the torture that anger and hatred and bitterness and resentment builds. And I'm telling you, he says he doesn't turn you over to the executioner. He just lets you continue to live in misery and the only remedy, the only solution to that is forgiveness. Seventh and final reason why all of us need to get really good at forgiving is because forgiveness is the best way that we have to demonstrate our love to Jesus. 
Think about that. The best way that you and I can demonstrate to Jesus how much we love him is by forgiving. Why, why is that? Because the best way that Jesus showed you and me that he loved us was dying on the cross so that we could be forgiven. Tracking with me? The best way Jesus demonstrates his love for us is taking our place on the cross, shedding his blood so that we could be forgiven people. We demonstrate love back to Jesus. How? By forgiving others. We're most like Jesus when we choose to forgive. It's powerful. Sorry about having you drink out of the fire hose this morning, but uh, uh, those seven really could have been a sermon all by themselves, you understand? Um, but since this is not a series on forgiveness, it's a series on forgiving one another today, I wanted to leave time. How do you do this? Okay, that's good. Maybe some of you are thinking, yeah, I probably should, but I don't know how. How practically, how biblically can we forgive one another, okay? I know there's lots of numbers, but I'm going to give you five steps, okay? That was the why. Why should I do it? Now it's the how. Uh, step number one, okay, let's just say this is a five-course meal, okay? Anybody like to eat besides me, eat evangelical? Okay, there we go. Uh, this is the appetizers, okay? So we're going to have the appetizers, and then we'll get step number one is the appetizers. Here we go. Preliminary number one, appetizer number one, you don't have to wait till you feel like forgiving to forgive. Because if we wait till we feel like forgiving, good chance you're never going to have the warm, fuzzy, good feelings where you're going to want and feel like forgiving, we say it this way a lot. Uh, doing it God's way is the engine, and the feelings are the caboose. Tracking? So let's do it God's way. Let's make that the engine and get it going. And in time, the caboose, the feelings will follow. So we don't wait till we feel like uh, forgiving. It's, it's, it's really not a, a feeling. Ready? To forgive is a command. It's an action. It has nothing to do with feelings. Appetizer, preliminary number two, we don't wait for people to come and apologize before we forgive. Why? They might have died. I'll bet some of us here today, we've got people who harmed us. They're no longer alive, so they're not coming to apologize. And the ones here that aren't dead, it might take years. The truth is, most of them will never apologize for what they've done to you. So don't waste weeks, months, years waiting for the other person to act. Third appetizer, third preliminary, uh, forgiveness doesn't mean reunion. A lot of us would say, I think I would forgive, but I think that means I got to go and get close and be buddy-buddy, and they're going to step on me again. Um, here's the truth. Forgiveness has no strings attached, okay? Because I'm going to the Lord, and I'm letting them off my hook. I'm not seeking revenge. Reconciliation has many strings attached. 
So in order to be reconciled with the person who's harmed you, that's for another day, okay? So don't get so caught up, well, I don't want to get close to them again. That may or may not happen. Reconciliation is a different conversation. Preliminary number four, appetizer number four, forgiving doesn't happen like this. I think a lot of us think, well, I forgive, you know, Greg, and, and now it's, it's over. Snap your fingers. That's not what it's like. Forgiveness is a journey. Forgiveness is a process. And forgiveness means that I choose to begin the journey. Does that make sense? It's not something that's instant and over, and now you don't ever have to think about it again. Uh, forgiveness is not a light switch. It's way more like a crockpot. Understand? Okay. Step number two. Okay, that, that was the appetizer. Okay, ready for the first course? Ready? Okay, step number two. In order to forgive, you and I need the power of Jesus in us. There's no forgiveness without Jesus working and His Spirit enabling us to do what is impossible for us to do in the flesh, but is very possible to do in the power of the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Jesus we have the redemption. In Jesus, we have the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus, now we have the power and the ability to forgive others. Jesus forgave us. Jesus in us and through us gives us the power of His Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5.18, and we give Him the hurt, and we give Jesus the pain and the anger and the unforgiveness. Now, here's the problem. Once you've been harmed deeply, repeatedly, it gets downloaded on your brain, okay? So, we have this unforgiveness picture, and it keeps playing in our minds, and it keeps playing again and again. And if you've been harmed for a long, if there's deep abuse, it's deeply downloaded on your mind. Okay? We're going to just have to start the process and say, Lord, help me in time to keep giving you the bitterness, the anger. I'm going to leave the download of what's happened to me with you at the cross. What do you do when you pick it back up and now it's playing again? You take it back to Jesus and say, Lord, this is, this is big. This is hard. This is deep down in my mind. You got to keep bringing it back to him again and again. I, I promise you, as you do it again, over time, the hurt and the harm begins to grow distant. And, and you're thinking of that download less and less, okay? The names, the hurts begin to fade. And I promise you, once in a while, You've forgiven somebody, you haven't thought about them, you haven't thought about the harm for a long time, and then you'll hear that person's name, or you'll see their face, or sometimes, I've even had it, 
a song comes on and I, oh, and now all, all of the hurt and the harm comes, and then you got to go back again. Lord, thank you for taking it away, and, and the download was gone, but I'm back again and I'm giving it to you one more time. Step number three, okay? It's choosing to surrender your right to get even. In the process, the journey of forgiving someone who's harmed you, step number three, you're going to have to choose to surrender the right to slander, to harm, to play in your minds all of the fantasy, I'm going to get even, okay? Romans chapter 12, if you have your Bible uh, on, on your Bible app, uh, verse 17, here's what Paul, writing to the church at Rome, writing to the church at Walloon, says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not repay, revenge anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. Leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay says the Lord. Whose job is it to get even? Whose job is it, according to this? It's God's job. That's not my job. It's His job. He'll do a great job in due time. God will take care of the evil that's been shown to you. Lord, I choose to let you do your job. I'm not going to seek revenge. <laughs> I share this with you because it's true. I had someone... Um, who I worked under, and they harmed me deeply and wounded me repeatedly and seemed to take great joy in it. So I had surrendered that, and I said, okay, Lord, I, I'm not going to talk about this person anymore. I, I'm not going to have a fantasy where I get even any longer. Lord, I truly will trust you with this situation, okay? True story. On the phone, pick it up. Hi, um, I, I'm on a, uh, a search committee, and I would like you to give me your evaluation of this person. Who is the person who harmed me? So someone's calling me on the phone and asking for my words about this person who wounded and harmed me so deeply. You got, you got the picture, okay? And instantly there's like a fire. Woo, revenge. I've been dreaming about this for a long time. Opportunity to destroy. And that part of me welled up. And then it's almost like the Holy Spirit grabbed me by the throat. And I couldn't talk. Truly, I, I couldn't talk. And, and, and I'm like, and they're saying, hello, are you there? Are you there? And I said, ah, I, I don't think I have much to say to offer you, I'm sorry, got to go, bye. And I hung up. I, I'm just, I, I think the Lord was, was like choking me and saying, no, 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 you've come a long way and I'm not going to let you go back there. <laughs> Step number four, forgiving someone who's wounded me is the very next verse in Romans 12, verse 21. This is huge. Underline it in your Bible. Uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil, how? With, do not be, say it with me, overcome by evil, 
but overcome evil. How do you fight evil? With good. So the biblical secret to defeating harm when someone shows you evil is to respond by showing them good. (laughs) And you're saying, "Uh, that doesn't seem fair. You're right. Because it's God, we just looked at this, He's going to do the avenging. He's going to settle the debts. Our job is to do it God's way. And here's what I've learned. I I usually, if someone harms me deeply, um, first thing, first place I start is I start praying for them. And I have to admit, uh, my first prayers are not real deep. Chad, it's more like... um, Lord, I want to pray for Kenny, and I uh, uh, don't don't say bad stuff. Uh, rain, fire, don't, no, that's imprecatory. Lord, do good things in Kenny's life, amen. But I'm telling you, as the days and the weeks go on, and you pray for their good, pretty soon, you're actually starting to, it's, it's hard to truly pray for someone and continue to hate them. They become human, and pretty soon the love, the love of Jesus starts to warm your heart, even towards these folks who've done you harm, okay? I'll share another time. Someone had stomped on me pretty hard, and it really bothered me. You ever have that where it really bothers you? And uh, the Lord said, you need to buy this person a gift certificate to their favorite restaurant. And I immediately said, no, 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 Lord, I'm not willing to do that. Uh, they, they were awful to me, and they did some things that were just unexcusable. Um, Lord, I'm not willing. And I could not shake it. How do I know that was the Lord? Because I wanted to tear into this person. I wanted to give them a piece of my mind. I know how I felt, and that idea of doing something good, I know, was not for me. You understand? So, so then I finally said, okay, Lord, <clears throat> I'll give them 10 bucks. 10 bucks. And the Lord said, no, you, you need to give a sacrificial gift because you need to show them some good and this will be good for you. So I finally, uh, you know, I went up to 20. We're, I'm negotiating with the Lord. You ever do that? Is it just me? You know, okay, we'll go 20. No, no, that's not sacrificial. You give here, Jeffrey. Um, Anyway, we finally, the Lord and I settled at 50. I was really ticked. And the last time I saw that person, I was nice and I smiled and I didn't feel angry at him. You understand? It uh, it works. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with what? Good. Step number five. We got to empty our minds of revenge thoughts, empty our, 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 our heads of movies and songs that glorify revenge and getting even and smashing someone who's harmed you. And we need to replace in our heads thoughts of love and forgiveness and grace and kindness. And can I just say we live in an angry world that's filled with angry songs and angry movies, and everywhere you go, there's somebody who's angry, but Philippians 4 and verse 8 says this, 
Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. But if you're filling your mind with garbage, that's how you're going to think. And if your mind is filled up with songs and, and all sorts of stuff on YouTube and all sorts of stuff on the TikTok that, that's about revenge, it's going to be really hard to forgive. Does it make sense? And I know in high school I had, uh, Greg McGeorge, you understand, I filled my mind with lots of music that was just garbage. And I have a whole list here and I'm not even going to share my garbage list with you. The Lord says don't do that. But those words and those songs just reinforced an angry, unforgiving heart. And music that exalts Jesus, listen, music is powerful because it touches your heart and touches your soul. And when you are allowing music to come into your life, and I just encourage you, when, when you're getting ready in the morning, blast some Jesus exalting music. When you're driving, blast some Jesus exalting music as you go to work. Um, every time, I'm just telling you, if you fill your head with music that glorifies Christ, it's going to help immensely. And if you fill your head with music that, that's angry and unforgiving and harsh and blunt, it, it'll do just the opposite, okay? Last suggestion Okay, I'm really big on the YouVersion Bible app, and that's what's on our online platform. If you download that on your phone, here's pretty cool. You ready? Almost any version you can imagine is on there. You pick your version, and you hit the button, and God's Word is read to you while you're driving, read to you while you're ready to go to sleep at night. I'm just thinking, that's powerful if you could just have God's Word saturating your heart and your soul while you're sleeping, while you're driving, while you're shaving, while you're brushing your teeth, it's powerful. Okay. Empty the garbage. Fill your mind with the good stuff. We cannot change our past. We cannot go back and redo the hurts, the harms, the damage that other people have done to us. Can't do it. So the choice is clear. We can continue to allow the scars, the abuse, the pain, the anger, the bitterness to pile on us until it crushes us. And that's exactly what will happen. Folks that don't know how to forgive, that are refusing to forgive over time, they're crushed, and as they keep moving in life, they're throwing off shrapnel, and they're hurting and they're harming the people we say we love. Do you understand? We, oh, I love, that's my loved one, but as long as you allow that bitterness and that anger and that hatred to continue on, you're destroying the people you say you love. It's not loving. And pretty soon... You're causing them to be angry at you. Or the other option, are you ready? With Christ's help to begin the journey of forgiveness. And it's a journey. 
letting go of the pain, taking the hurt to Jesus, asking him to drain the poison, the anger, the resentment, the bitterness. So it really is a pretty clear choice. You want to stay bitter or do you want to get better? You want to stay bitter and ugly and you're miserable and everybody around you is miserable or are you ready to get on and begin the process with Christ's help to get better? What are you going to do? Let's pray. Lord, uh, we need your help right now because we're all different people have experienced different hurts, harms, abuse. And some of us right now, we're pretty angry at some people. Some of us here watching online, there's some resentment and bitterness. And from a human perspective, rightly so, they've hurt us deeply. They've harmed us repeatedly. So would you speak to us right now? Apply your word to our life. We're listening. So you're going to stay bitter? You're going to allow unforgiveness just to crush your life? Destroying you? Shriveling up your relationship with Christ? Hurting and harming the people around you that you say you love? Shrapnel just flying. You can choose bitter or you're going to choose to get better with Christ's help. Anyone say, you know, Pastor Jeff, it's time for me to get on the road, the journey, begin the journey, start the process of forgiveness. By God's grace, there's somebody right now I'm thinking about. I'm still angry at them. I'm still resentful of them. Uh, Maybe the honest truth is down deep, I hate them. I wish bad stuff on them. And I'll say it again from a human perspective. That's understandable. But if you're a Jesus follower... That's not where it ends. Are you ready to get better with Christ's help? Ready to start doing it his way? I just want to ask, anybody say, I'm ready to get better. Enough of that that bitterness crushing me by God's grace. Jesus, I want to get better. Anybody, I'd just like to pray for you as we close. I won't call you up. I'm not going to call you out. just want to pray for you. Yep. Are there others? Yeah. Anybody else? I want to get better. This this bitterness is destroying me and it's beginning to destroy the people around me. Anybody else? Lord, I want to pray for my friends here in person, in the auditorium. I want to pray for those who are watching online. Would you help them begin the process of forgiveness? Lord, we 
surrender our right to take revenge. Lord, would you help us to quit talking about it? Help us to quit replaying the tapes. Lord, help us to quit sharing the anger with others, with our words. Lord, forgiveness only requires you and me. Reconciliation, that's for another day. We'll, we'll think about that another day. But for right now, I want to begin that. So, Lord, I pray for each friend here. Help them to start showing that person good. Help them to start by just praying for good in the name of the person that comes to their mind. Would you help us to replace the garbage that reinforces anger, reinforces revenge? Lord, would you help us not to waste one more day till we get involved in that journey? Start draining the bitterness, the poison, the resentment from our lives, Lord. We want to live a victorious, joy-filled life. Make a difference. And that only happens when we choose to forgive. Did you know that you can't forgive until you're forgiven by King Jesus? Did you know that? They go hand in hand. Not, the power's not there. You, you don't have Jesus in you, so you can't forgive until you accept the forgiveness of Christ on the cross for you. You might be here today and there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of resentment, but you can't get rid of that until you invite Jesus in. So if you're watching online, if you're here in person, would you open the door of your life and say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. I believe you took my place on the cross. I believe you shed your blood for my greatest problem. I'm a sinner. I believe you took my place in the grave. I believe early Sunday morning you arose from the dead. I receive you right now into my life. Be my king. Be my savior. Thank you for forgiving me. And now, Lord, help me to begin to forgive those around me. Help me to pass it on. Thank you, Lord, for your word. On this subject, it's crystal clear. <laughs> and it's also crystal hard to actually live out. We love you. We're glad that we get to uh, do community together as a family. Help us to continue to forgive one another. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.